Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with the Schizophrenic. Um, I'm your host, Duncan Tamrasinger, and today I'd like to welcome Travis from Texas uh, in the United States. He's 28 years old and he's a diagnosed with schizophrenia. Hello, Travis. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm doing fine, you know, yeah, not too bad. Um just had a little holiday, but going going back to work tomorrow, but that's should be fine. How how's the COVID situation in in where you are? Uh it's it's okay. Mostly everybody wears masks. Yeah. That's cool. I think I think masks are the way forward. Um but yeah. I I think it's difficult for them because they want people to go back to work and there could be a second spike. Yeah, that's the only thing that I'm worried about too is the second spike. Yeah. So I think that is probably it's probably likely to happen, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Okay, okay so so let's get started. What I would like to ask you is if you tell me about how your mental health journey began, um what your first symptoms were, how old you were you when it happened? How you got the diagnosis? Did you go to hospital? That sort of thing. So if you like to talk about that. Okay. So about two years ago when I was uh, 26 years old, um, I started having what I guess we call an enlightenment. Uh, like I was sitting at work and I would just start thinking about the most random things. And my mind would present to me these like huge logic, like leaps of um like beyond logic just essentially it came out to be that like i had come to the conclusion that i was god and that yep. um yeah and that like the whole universe was basically revolving around me uh that's mm-hmm. where the solipsism began um and then after that about a couple weeks later i was uh working and i turned around and I saw my coworker literally just teleport right in front of me. He moved from one location to another without any time. Yeah. Without any time in between. And so so what was your explanation for that? I, (laughs) I felt part of the enlightenment thing was that I thought I had like figured out that the universe was a simulation and that there were multiple parallel dimensions and stuff like that. And yeah, so, so my whole thing was that he must have like unlocked something within the matrix, and uh, my al- my other thing was that um, everybody could teleport. Like, if I could see my coworker teleport, then I could teleport. That's the that's what set off a bunch of delusions. You know, it could have been um, you could have dissociated for like uh, yeah for like twenty seconds or something. Um. It's possible. I, I mean, you know, you know, that's like a psychiatric ex- explanation. Um, but yeah, so ca- carry on with your story anyway. Yeah, I've thought about it extensively. Like, I came to a conclusion that I must have just hallucinated. Um, yeah. Because, like, as cool as it is, it's impossible to teleport. But yeah. um, so... From then on, uh, I didn't have much in the way of uh, voices, not until about a year ago. Um, I just like a few things. Um, one, it, everything felt like a story. 
it my whole entire life just felt like one big ass like storybook uh there was like foreshadowing there's climaxes uh it was crazy like the the amount of continuity that there would be between the multiple days and like my delusions and how Mm -hmm. the continuity between like what i thought my roommates were saying when they actually weren't because um one of the big things was that my roommates would comment on my thoughts or they would comment on, um, on like the general story, quote unquote, uh, that was going on at the time. It was really weird. It sounds weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you know, there's, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's all part of the illness, isn't it? Like you can have like synchronicities uh, where, do you know what I mean? Where, where what you're thinking and what happens in real life, is kind of like um, coincide. Coincides, yeah. Yeah, and, I would get that a lot. Yeah, and that and that's like uh, that's not imagination that actually happens. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a, a bizarre experience, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, because it's, I, it's, it's we're, we're not imagining it. it. You know, this actually happens. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, one of the weird things to me was uh, unbidden images. I would just get images of, and I had like, you know how like you can usually recall an image in your brain and it will just like come to you, but you know that you did it. So it's, there's no worry. It, mm-hmm. it would just happen to me. I would just be sitting there and I'd all of a sudden get an image of something. Usually it's about a, like a white box or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean that, you know, I, I have, I have a similar, that a similar thing happens to me. It, it doesn't happen often, but yeah. occasionally I'll get an image or I'll get a scene in my head and it'll be of somebody in real life or or like somebody laughing or somebody, you know, somebody, do you know what I mean? It's like a, it'll be almost like a, like an expert, an excerpt of somebody's life. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know what it means, but yeah. Yeah, it's a strange one for sure. Definitely, definitely is. Did you do you get hypnagogic illusions as well? So is that is that nighttime hallucinations? Yeah, when you're about to fall asleep. I don't really know. Well, my 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 hallucinations are during the day usually. Yeah, mine are usually at night. Uh, just before falling asleep, I would like hear a voice or something like that. That's lately. Um, so back to the story, um, it took about, I don't know, I would say about a year of me just going through life, um, thinking that I was part of like a space time. I was like, I was able to travel between parallel dimensions because like Mm -hmm. of the stuff that I had been through. Um, I remember my coworker said to me one night, uh, you're not supposed to talk about it. So I assumed that it was like a rite of passage kind of thing that everybody went through <laughs> what I was going through. And yeah, turns yeah. out I was, he either was talking about something else or hallucinated. Um, yeah. I find, I find that a lot of the time, if it's incongruent with like actual, like what he would say, then most of the time I probably hallucinated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a bit, it's a, go on. That is, is, it's like Fight Club or something. Nobody talks about it, but, you know, it happens. Like, like it happens to everybody, but we don't talk about it. Yeah. And, like, 
yeah, well, they're kind of in it, but you, you're not really in on the whole story. Yeah. So it's that sort of thing. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I just thinking back, going back about 18 years, I was, I was on a flight back from Germany and I thought everybody's telepathic and it's normal, but they just haven't told me about it. Yes, you that's exactly. I mean? Yeah, that's exactly you know what I was thinking. Do you know what I mean? I just thought, oh yeah, it must be just normal, but nobody, for some reason, nobody's told me. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> the, the, the leaps of logic that your brain can, can come up yeah. with. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So about a year ago is when I started getting voices. Uh, it wasn't bad at first. It was just very perplexing. Like it would say wrong. I would be in the middle of doing something and uh, I would be thinking about it. And all of a sudden I hear a, like somebody whisper in my ear wrong or something like that. And uh, then it became, I called it, uh, it, it was like Highlander. There could be only one it was yeah. like, the, yeah, for some reason that was like, it was, it became an obsession for me. I like started falling into this weird little hole I made for myself where I was like thinking about it. it basically it's magical thoughts. Like your thoughts can have impact on the world around you or whatnot. Mm. And so like I came up with this entire system of anti-hacking uh so because like I, in my mind it was mind hackers that's why i was experiencing the yeah that's the right yeah that was that was my first experience i thought my mind had been hacked yeah uh, it that, feels like that yeah it, and they've gained entry to your mind and they can do what they want they can screw around your life and stuff but that, yeah that's, I, that, that's going back a long time now but that's one of my first explanations was mine yeah getting hacked yeah yeah I thought there was space-time police, too. Uh, <laughs> it, it was nuts. Uh, space-time lords, I thought that was a thing, uh, just because of the synchronicity kind of deal. Yeah. It just it made the most logical sense in my mind. And, um, yeah. So after I started getting voices, uh, it wasn't too bad, but I wasn't being medicated. Um, after a while, I started getting disorganized thinking, and uh, eventually it got to be word salad um i would i would just be trying to go to sleep and all of a sudden my brain's like throwing a bunch of words at me that have no logical sense uh it, like you i couldn't decipher it even if i wanted to no. and um after that i was like okay this is enough i gotta go talk to my psychiatrist um because mm. at the time i was seeing a psychiatrist and i hadn't told her um i was just seeing her for adhd and then I went ahead and told her, and she uh, she asked me like a series of questions. It came down to um, the reason why she uh, gave me a schizophrenic diagnos diagnosis was because of my um, the thought broadcasting. Um, mm. Yeah, the, it, like, and it was pretty bad too because like. Uh, not only would I have thought broadcasting, but people would actually like turn to me and like comment on the thought that I just had. <laughs> like, yeah, they would move their mouth and everything. It was yeah. it was nuts. Like, I could I didn't know that the brain could do that. I mean, that that's that's got to be some sort of hallucination, right? I mean, yeah, obviously. Mm. But when it's when it's happening, you you have no other explanation other than no. they can read my thoughts and they're yeah. able to hear what I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know if this happened to you, but um. A few years ago, 
like like weird stuff would happen. Like I would be eating, say, my cereal, and I'd puff out my cheeks because I was bad. Where I was eating it, I look at the television, and, and Homer Simpson's doing exactly the same thing. What? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> he's, like, he's like eating food, puffing out his cheeks, and just like. It's just weird, weird stuff like that. I, I think it has something to do with the subconscious. The subconscious is a really powerful thing. Um, mm. That's my idea. Because, like, I've also had dreams of the future, and uh, I was listening to your last podcast, and uh, you yeah. guys talked about that a little bit. But um, in my case, uh, I remember I had a dream, like a hypnagogic illusion of me yeah. being on an airplane. And at the time, I was, like, convinced that there were space-time police, right? So I was spending all of my time trying to uh, interrupt time, like, you know, being super random, like, not yeah. thinking about what I was going to do before I did it. So that way, when it, like, it, it impacts Yes, art. yeah. You've yeah. Got, you've, it's, weird, it's weird the way – it's like uh, – I remember – I think Frank was talking about it. He was my first interviewee, and he said it's like training because it, uh, it, cause when you go for a schizophrenia – like, chronic schizophrenia – you kind of fighting against this strange enemy, mm. and I, I remember I used to think it was like the Borg or something. So I thought I was trying to do random, yeah. random shit just to confuse them. And um, yeah. and and, I'm, and I remember I thought it was virtual reality. So I got off on a ferry because I thought that the most graphic intensive um, <laughs> thing would be like water. Do you know what I mean? Like water yeah, yeah, and the yeah. waves, and and the computer hilarious. wouldn't be able to handle it. And it was just like bizarre yeah. stuff that happened like that yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned training because um i hallucinated what like i worked in a kitchen right and so our tickets would come up and i hallucinated uh one of the tickets saying training mode done or something like that and uh yeah that was like the very beginning of my psychotic break (laughs) it it literally said training mode It definitely felt like that, though, and it was it was wild. But um, yeah, the dreams about the future. Like, I had a dream, and I did my best to try to interrupt time, but I ended up in the same exact spot with the same exact circumstances anyway. And then I remember uh, thinking, "Oh, I had this dream last night," and the guy who I was supposed to sit next to turned around and uh, said, "That's the truth right there." It was the freakiest thing, man. Yeah, I know. It's just bizarre the way, like when you, when you're inside that, when you're, I, like like from my experience, it was about only about ten years ago that I got in contact with other people who were suffering with schizophrenia. So I thought I was I was not alone anymore. But when mm. you're when you're when you feel as if it's just you, it's, mm. it's, it can be really intense. You oh know, when yeah. You, when you think it's just me and I'm going through this strange shit. It and feels like you versus the world. Yeah, it's just so weird. But when you when somebody else makes a joke about, oh yeah, the FBI were had a van outside my flat again last night, and you think, yeah, I was thinking that, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, um, yeah, that's that's you know, it's not just me. You know, somebody else is thinking about this stuff. So yeah. that that's really helpful. You know that uh, definitely. You know, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, what, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. So um, my mom at the time was also going through schizophrenia. I really uh, Yeah, she was diagnosed uh, not too long after I was. Um, she was way worse than I was, though. Mm. She was catatonic. Uh, she wouldn't respond to, like, me trying to talk to her. She wouldn't um, – she would just, like, have conversations with people that weren't there. Uh, mm. She – 
like was losing weight, becoming ultra skinny. Um, and then finally we were able to get her on Abilify and that helped her. And that also helped me out too. Um, I was prescribed like Abilify 30 milligrams. And at first I got the Akathisia. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't heard of propanolol, that stuff is really good. Uh, it's like What's a it better. Yeah, it's a, a propanolol. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beta blocker. Uh, it helps with the uh, restlessness, though. Because I, I went on Abilify for like a year, but it was mm-hmm. horrible for me. Um, oh. but because I know I know the advantage of Abilify is that it's one of the modern ones, and also it's kind of weight neutral, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of the other... Like I take a Lanzapine, and that's like... Do you know what I mean? It just got like side effects, but that's the... So I don't know. I, I'm a bit chicken to try Abilify again because it was I didn't like the, the side effects really. Yeah. Uh, well. Um, so my mom, uh, she committed suicide about a month ago, actually, and I think it was because of the Abilify. Um, she I'm sorry like to hear that, man. Well, she, she actually passed away. Yeah, she uh, hung herself actually. Um, oh Jesus. Yeah, I know. It's been rough dealing with that and, like, figuring out where everything's supposed to go. And, like, they don't make dying easy, that's for sure. Um, but I think it was because of the Abilify. She, uh, she like, the biggest thing I noticed is that it's really hard to feel any kind of emotion, uh, yeah. whether it be joy or sadness or anything like that. And uh, I think she just either just couldn't live with it anymore because I told her that we'd probably be have to be on medication for the rest of our lives. And, um, I, I don't know why. She how you dealing, it, but... how you dealing with that, man? Because like, I've, I've lost both my parents as well. But how, how you did, how you did, because that's different when someone commits suicide. I'm not, for, for, I don't know firsthand experience, but I know it can be quite traumatic. So how, how are you dealing with yeah. that? Um, well, it's weird. The Abilify kind of makes it so like I'll be sad, but I can't cry. Um, mm. it, it, it's pretty awful. Uh, I, mm. I really hate that about the medication. Mm. Um, other than that, it's it feels like she went on vacation for a little while. And I'll see her mm. again, but I think that's just the denial stage. Um, it it yeah. hurts a lot, but yeah, I yeah, I mean. Um... I've kind of got spirit. I got. I kind of got strong spiritual, non-religious beliefs, mm. um, which help me. Um, you know. Th- you know. There's certain people you can read books by, like Brian Weiss, Michael Newton, um, who give you a, a good sort of in um, idea of of the spiritual worlds and the spiritual realms. Mm. Um, so what I'm kind of saying is you might not be far wrong with what you're actually thinking that you might see her again. You might not be far wrong with that. Um, so that they are kind of, um, spiritual people, you know, books out there, which, um, give credence to that. Um, but it's, it's not, it's like, it's non-religious, you know, it's just, um, yeah, it's more, it's more about people's experiences with death and stuff. Yeah. Actually, I should look into that. Uh, like, I di- I lost my father and my brother about five years ago. So, uh, yeah, it's like when I lost them, uh, it, 
the amount of um, crying that I did was way more than mm. the amount of crying I've done now. And I, I swear, I think it's just the Abilify because it, it really does put a damper on your emotions. Yeah, I, I think I think for me, when my my mum passed in two thousand seven, and I was like a I was like in a wreck. I couldn't handle it. You know, it was like mm. it was like whatever. It's like too it was too bad. It's too seriously um intense for me. But my dad yeah. passed last year. And that was a lot smoother. So it's yeah, kind of like I, the, the, first, the first ones. The, so your first ones, are the tough yeah. ones, yeah. So that, I, I think that might be it. You know, yeah, so. I think so too. I, I honestly do. So how are you coping with life now, then, Travis? Um, pretty well. Uh, I have a job working at twenty hours a week uh, at Amazon yeah. doing warehouse stuff. Um. It, it's pretty all right. Uh, I've noticed that my energy levels have definitely gone down, um, mostly because I'm also ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. I, so without my ADHD medication, it's hard for me to like keep my life together. I'm going to have to talk to my doctor and see uh, if I can be prescribed like a uh, concerto or something because it, get, it gets really bad. I procrastinate too much for my own good. Do, uh, do you find, have you found that you're kind of, you become an expert in psychiatric medication. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, become, you, become, you kind of know all this shit. It's like, yeah. it, just, it just kind of like, yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I kind of had to become an expert in schizophrenia, psychiatric medication. Um, I did a lot of studying of uh, Zen, uh, a little bit of Buddhism, but mostly Zen. Zen helped me out like a lot trying to get rid of like the finding the little meaning and the most random things, which was my problem. Um, being able to be like, okay, everything's just empty and devoid of meaning devoid of like any characteristic. Uh, that's that helped me out a ton. But so studying Zen uh, helped me a bunch. Um, I think it would help a lot of other people too. Um, just like you, you don't have to like subscribe to Buddhism as a whole, but Zen itself is like a huge boon. Yeah. I think, you know, um, like I've heard about people, you know, like it, when, when you're working, you can go through ups and downs and, and, and like, a if you, if you have a Zen attitude and just re- remain peaceful and calm and balanced, mm-hmm. life is a lot easier um so i can't i've heard of that actually and i try to say and i think i say to myself yeah just be zen and just don't let anything affect you do you know what i mean yeah just kind of um just just even if something something gives you something stressful to do just think okay fine i'll just oh yeah it's not a problem you know everything's the same i guess yeah uh for me but it helped me deal with intrusive thoughts uh i would get that a lot um (laughs) Yeah, dude. They're horrible. Intrusive thoughts are horrible. Yeah, they are. And like, due to the fact that I was also thinking of thought broadcasting, like my thoughts would just mm. come in the wildest, outlandish things I could ever think of, and it would just sit on my head. And I would look at it in my own mind and be like, "Oh wow, I created that." Mm. So, like, learning how to deal with intrusive thoughts, uh, which also did go away with the Abilify, by the way. Um, Learning how to deal with that it really like it brought me towards Zen and looking at the Zen scriptures and uh, the koans and whatnot. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the Billify is working for you, isn't it? So Yeah, um, for the most part. Yeah. I, st I still have the, uh, the hypnagogic illusions, and it only yeah. happens at night. It drives me nuts because, like, uh, right now I'm actually in between prescriptions. Uh, I ended up procrastinating uh, calling my doctor. So I haven't taken it in the past, like, six days or something like that. Okay. And it hasn't been terrible. Like I've been just doing just fine. Like yeah. I think the do you, do, you, do you sometimes like get a stash of medication and and that sort of thing? But I, I, I mean, you haven't. I guess you've run out of medication. But sometimes some people, a lot of people, just don't take their medication, oh. um, and then they end up with a cupboard full of the medication, and oh. and then they <laughs> then they start taking it again, and then they. Uh, I mean, I, I've got a stash of medication because my dosage changes. Oh, so yeah. when the dosage changes, the old medication is no good, so they get the new one in. So I got like my own personal stash. No, I've been actually taking them pretty religiously. Uh, yeah, making sure that I take them every day, even if I don't feel like it, hmm. um, that I need it or anything like that. Because just because of what I've read and how like dopamine interacts with the brain and how like yeah. stopping a medication like that could potentially lead to another psychotic break, mm -hmm. which by the way, like how, how was your cognitive level after you had your psychotic break? So, you know, I mean, my job is like in software, software engineering. Yeah. So I'm able, at the moment I took seven years out where I was, I was in mental health recovery where I did, I did, I just did volunteer work. I, I went to um, therapy groups, and 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 it took me seven years to get back to the level where I I felt confident enough to do a professional, you know, like a a job which requires um, abstract thinking and stuff. abstract thinking, logic, all that sort of stuff. So so it took me a while. It took me seven years um, to get to that level. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was out of work for seven years, and then in recovery, and that and that that's how I was able to get back into the working environment. But my, what, what, I said, what I would say is my cognitive level has dipped in the past. When I was, I, I reckon it dipped quite severely back in about two thousand and nine, um, when I was probably about 30, 34 years old. Mm. Um, and that was that's when like when I tried to do my resume, my CV, I, it was just it just looked as if a child had wrote it. Oh it, wow! It was just so simple. I just couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't think properly. Um, but and you know, obviously, if you're writing a resume, you're not you're not playing around. You want it to make it as good as possible. But my mine it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so what? But has has it affected you as well? Um, initially it did, uh, like I would say I started noticing a decreased cognitive level about a year after my psychotic break, my first psychotic break. Cause I, who knows how many psychotic breaks I've had. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I'm guessing around like three of them in the two year period. Um, mm. but yeah, initially, um, like I, I forgot how to like the definitions of words, my memory started like my memory still is very crap. Um, and I think it has something to do with the medications. Medication, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It, 
like it hasn't prevented me from getting any jobs per se, but it has gotten mm. me fired from jobs. Um, do you vape nicotine? Yes, I. Do <laughs> <vape>. <laughs> I thought I could hear you doing that because I, I also do that as well. Yeah, I that, mean, I, it's like all schizophrenics take nicotine somehow. Yeah, actually, I, I heard that uh, nicotine is an antipsychotic as well. I, I think so. Yeah, I think because it just kind of soothes. I, you know, it just kind of soothes the mind, I guess, or something. Yeah. I don't know, or something. It, it feels good, basically, whatever it is. Yeah, I um, smoked since I was eighteen. Yeah. And and uh, I switched over to vaping like yeah. in 2015. But um, yeah, it, like that's another thing I didn't like about Abilify is that whenever I would smoke, I would never feel like satisfied uh, after mm-hmm. smoking or eating. Or yeah. Yeah, I gained a lot of weight w- when uh when I was taking Abilify. Yeah. I managed to drop a lot of it too with keto. That helped out a lot. Yeah, I know that helps some of the people. I mean, my personal stance is kind of vegan-ish. Not, not pure vegan, but kind of vegan 70% of the time. But I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, losing weight is, is quite, I don't know. I, I'm going to, I'm going to work, work on it actually, because I need to lose some weight as well. Yeah. I just want to ask you, have you experienced any stigma or, or discrimination, uh, following becoming, or schizophrenia um not well i haven't really told anyone other than my immediate family and and my immediate family they're very uh supportive and caring um i all i've heard was like a little bit of like discrimination i guess uh from my uncle but that's about it and it wasn't even that bad it was more like uh, they were empathetic towards my uh, towards what I'm going through. And why haven't you told anybody about this apart from uh, your immediate family? Well, I I'm not really a super social person. Uh, yeah. And then secondly, yeah, it does have a pretty bit stigma attached. To it. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I was, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? To say you, you tell someone that, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of it's a difficult one. But that you know, that it's kind of what we're trying to do here is to bring schizophrenia into the mainstream, kicking and screaming, mm. and 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 say, you know, we're real people dealing with this, and you know, we're not we're not mass murderers. That that's like one percent of schizophrenic people. Yeah, ninety nine percent of schizophrenic people are. I'm just trying to get by and just trying to struggle with these symptoms and and that's all it is so, mm. so yeah okay travis i think we can wrap it up here okay um is there any particular genre of music that you like which i can tag on to the end uh i like metal okay cool i will do that so i'm just gonna say thank you very much for speaking with me today travis yeah it was it's quite i quite like it. it's quite light-hearted um, even though we did touch on some heavy topics, it was quite lighthearted, which was quite nice. Um, so it's it a pleasure speaking to you. Um, Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed our little episode. I did. Alright, thank you so much, Duncan. Yeah, no problem at all, man.